talk a lot, and I, I, I like a lot. I talk like a lot, a lot about living grace. And if you're living a grace lifestyle, but I tell you, for the most part, I've probably been lying. You know, I don't think when Jesus said, if somebody comes up and slaps you, turn the other cheek and love them. I don't think he was saying, let people beat you up. I was saying that your first response shouldn't be your first response. What does Jesus say? Bless them that curse you? Love your enemy as yourself? That's grace. That's grace. But this isn't fair. Right? That's not fair. You mean to tell me people get to do wrong things to me and I bless them. Who killed Jesus? Because it was us. It was us that put him there and it was us that carried it out. And what did he do in return? Jesus Christ is perfect theology. The woman's caught in the act of adultery. She's in the wrong. I mean, she, she did it. <laughs> she was caught. <laughs> I mean, there, there, she was She was caught in the act. I mean, it was going on. There's all kinds of different stuff that people say, but I mean, it was happening. And she gets brought to him. And he's standing there. And all these people are like, we're going to kill her, right? Because, and he, now mind you, this is not dirty, rotten sinners and murderers saying, we're going to kill her, right? This is pastors. This is church leaders. We're going to kill her, right, for what she did wrong. And what does he say? You who is without sin, throw the first stone. Jesus was without sin, and he didn't pick up a single rock. Who did he rebuke? I'm telling you this. In this next season coming up, I don't want to have any righteousness of myself. I don't, I don't want people to know Justin for Justin at all. I don't want people to know Pulse because I'm here, ever. I want people to know me because they know that I've been with God. That I kick it with Jesus like regularly. I want to smell like him. I want to look like him. And I don't want to have to try to do it. I want to spend a lot more time on my face. That's it. I think that we're coming into a season where his presence is going to be a lot more important than our words. You guys are looking at me crazy. <laughs> I hadn't said nothing that nice. I mean, that was real simple stuff. If things stay the same, they're never going to change. If they stay the way they are right now, it's going to be the way it is. You know, the Bible says that there's going to be a thick darkness that covers. If the darkness gets a lot darker. It's a lot worse. And then what does he say? Arise and shine. For your light is coming. Yeah. Yeah. And glory of the Lord is risen on all. Come on. <laughs> you know, there's darkness in this room right now. Look in the kitchen. 
Because there ain't no lights in there. If we open this door, it's dark in there. The lights aren't turned on. But I guarantee you, if we turn the lights on, the darkness leaves. <laughs> it doesn't have any power of itself. Yeah. The only power it has is in the absence of light. Yeah. And it's just because light hasn't gone there yet. Not because it has any power or has any dominion or has any reign. It's just because lights haven't gone there. But as soon as it the lights turn on, the darkness is gone. Andrew talks to the, he says this way, you know, like if we went into that room and started shouting, darkness be gone. All of you darkness, get out of here. When we open our eyes, I probably think the darkness would so still be there. But if we just walked over and flipped on a light, and it would all disappear with no words. Come on, man. What is it? It's just a change of what the atmosphere was. There was darkness around me. There was darkness in this place. But now I'm here. And the light's in me. And the kingdom's in me. And in the kingdom, there is no darkness. There's only increase. So everything that was here isn't here anymore. Yeah. I'll never forget <laughs> Cheney's, I'm sorry, I hate telling stories on Cheney because it'll, like, after this, they will like, why, why did you tell those stories? He's <laughs> my best friend. So. Make him stand up. But anyways, we were over at this, we were, we were hanging out at our house one time, and Cheney comes up to me and he's like, hey man, this girl asked me to come over, she wants to cook me dinner. Hey girl. Oh, you got handcuffed in. Yes. <laughs> 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 and Che looks at me and he's like, hey man, this girl called me over. She wants to cook dinner for me and I'm not going by myself. Oh gosh. Will you come with me? And I was like, yeah, I'll go. For dinner. <laughs> and so we go over there and there's like other people there. There's this guy. He's out there. And when we get there, everybody's kind of like tripping. Like we can tell like, Everybody that's been there is kind of like on edge or something. And we're just like, okay. And so like, there's a guy out back. He's like putting together a grill because like they're gonna cook his hamburgers and stuff. And there's another uh, another lady there, and she's just kind of being really, really quiet. And then the lady that called us over there, she's not quiet. She's like all happy that we're there. And like, so we walk in. I don't know any of these people. So me and Cheney walk in. And he we hug everybody. I sit down on this chair because there wasn't anything else to do. And she crawls across the floor and comes right here and puts her hands up on the armrest and goes like this and says, I'm so honored you're in my home. And I was just like, I'm glad to be here too. Jamie's <laughs> sitting across from me like, that <laughs> Jamie's face when she started crawling was surprising. <laughs> I think y'all know what case I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going on. And so I'm just like, uh and then she starts saying all kinds of just really bad stuff. And I'm like, that's weird. She starts talking to me about all kinds of different stuff, and I'm just like, uh, I don't know where this is going. Cheney's looking at me like, hey, we can leave whenever you want to. Whenever you're ready to go, I'm ready to go. I'm like, well, we came here for dinner. I mean, we might as well stay back. <laughs> so they get everything all cooked up. They have, like, big hamburgers all ready for us and stuff. I mean, she's got, like, the whole 
bread, you know, and she had like potato salad and all this kind of stuff. So we all come, we sit around the table, and I'm sitting right here, Chaney's sitting right here, another guy's sitting right here, and the girl sits right here. And this is when it like got real. <laughs> we were just like, okay. And so we're sit I sit down. And she sits next to me, still very honored that I'm there. And we, we start making our hamburgers and getting everything ready. And she did the same thing. She got like a hamburger. And it was, I get to see all the faces I made. <laughs> so she gets her hamburger bun. She puts the hamburger on it and stuff. And she gets the hamburger and stuffs it into her face and starts going like this. <laughs> and me and Chandler are like, <laughs> this is getting weirder and weirder. And then me and Jamie are both just like, uh, the other dude was just like, he was real ready to go home. And like, then she gets the ketchup bottle and she starts, I mean, just like, oh, it was a big mess. And then she does the same thing. She keeps stuffing it into her face and going like this. So I'm picking up what's actually happening. And Y'all, I mean, most of y'all know me, like, and, and a lot of you guys have seen me, like, in these situations and stuff. I'm usually really calm. I don't, like, freak out or anything like that. I just take care of what needs to be taken care of. I don't think that we're supposed to embarrass people because they have a problem. Yeah. And so, anyways, all this stuff's going on. And then she's stuffing her face and then opening her mouth and, like, swinging her mouth like this. And this stuff coming out. And it's just, this thing was really embarrassing this girl. And I was getting very but the reason I was getting offended was not because all this was going on. I partied with some crazy people. This isn't the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and so I'm watching all this take place, and I'm offended that whatever's inside of her thinks that it can do that in front of me. I'm so upset. It starts just, and I put down my food and just stared at her. And I'm like, hot, man. I'm so mad. And this is the first time Chaney's ever seen any kind of demonic something like this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm over here like this other dude. I wish that I I just wish I could. Show, I mean, you remember that guy's face? Like, I wish that I could show you this guy. Who's this guy? <laughs> it was hilarious. So I'm just staring at her, and she's not looking at me. But then she turns and looks at me, and her whole body locks, and she can't. Move. And I said hi, and she was like. <laughs> and I was like, you don't get to do this in front of me. And I know who you are. And it was like, the whole atmosphere of everything that was going on was done. Game was over. And I said, stop. Was like, she looks at me and she says, please leave. I said, I said her name, I'm not going to tell you guys her name. And I said, do you want me to leave? She said, yes. I said, okay, I'll leave. I said, I'll be back. And I stood up, and as I stand up, Chaney runs to the door. <laughs> <laughs> I get to the door and open it, and Chaney's at the bottom of the stairs. I get to the bottom of the stairs, and Chaney's in my car. And I get to the car and shut the door, and Chaney goes, ah! <laughs> there, was, there was a multiple time of screaming. He was like, look, man, I'm down to ride with you no matter what, man. Wherever you want to 
What was that? <laughs> I'm saying the same thing about whatever your situation is, whatever you're doing, whatever's happening. No. Oh, before I go any further, Lorelai Decker, we pray for her every week. She is in remission, cancer-free. We have gone through some war with that young lady, and I cannot wait for her to come walking through these doors and stand up and be like, you know, there was just something different on Saturday night. I knew that we were, I knew I was going to get through it. And uh, Sharon Doring, I'm telling you what, man, I cannot wait for that one to happen. We've been warm with them every night here, every Saturday night for two years, and or longer. I don't know how long it's been out, but I'm telling you, I cannot wait. I can taste it. I'm so excited. So anyways, none of that has anything to do with what I'm going to talk about. If I said, right now, and you knew that I could do it, you knew me well enough to know that I could do this, that I'm going to give you $5 million. I come to you, I say, I hang out, you know that I have the ability to do this. And I say, you know what? I'm going to give you, with no strings attached, $5 million. Your actions in the next three months following that would define exactly what's in your heart. After that, I mean, who knows what happens? I don't know. I've never had $5 million. <laughs> but why though? Because this money now enabled you to do everything you thought of doing. Everything that you've been meditating on, everything that was in your heart, you've just been given authority to make it happen. Good, bad, indifferent. You've just been given the authority with no strings attached. You do whatever you want to do. It's just made what was impossible, possible. Made what was impossible, possible. Yeah. It made what was impossible, possible. It made what was impossible, possible. What did grace do? It just made what was impossible, possible. Completely possible with no strings attached. It just, you guys are not hearing me. I just related what you already have to $5 million. What you've got going on right now. You have just been given permission now and empowered with whatever was impossible is possible. 
whatever was completely impossible in your life is now possible. You've been empowered. So what does this mean? You can go and do some stupid stuff. You really can. And you're empowered to do it with no strings attached. What's in your heart is going to come out with no strings attached. This is where I'm going with this. How, is there anybody in this room that's adopted? A couple of you guys. Did you have any say in the fact that they adopted you? Nope. But you, all, you were adopted though, right? You said you were. But you had no say that they adopted you. What does that mean that they chose you, you didn't choose them? That sounds a lot like, for you did not choose me, but I chose you. But the love of God has been shed abroad in all men's hearts. I bet if there was one verse in here that I thought everybody could quote, it would be John 3.16. Most everybody could do it. But the first part of that is what I've been getting stuck on. It says, for God so loved the world the world that he gave his only begotten son, not the church. For God so loved the world, everybody. What's the difference in him dying for your sins and anybody else's? What's the difference between you and anybody else? You're special, but so are they. They just don't know it yet. Let's think about this. I'm not a universalist. I believe that there is a hell, but we need to remember that we were never meant to go there. We were never meant to go to heaven. That wasn't the original design. Think about it. When he started everything, where did he design us to stay? On earth. (laughs) It's all right, girl. (laughs) Next week, we start Genesis 1. (laughs) No, baby girl, I know you know it. That's just where you stay right now. I get it. (laughs) Hannah's got that heaven thing figured out. I love that girl. Let's think about this. Let's think about this now. I believe that there is a hell, that that you can choose to say no, but that's because there's always two trees in a garden. If there wasn't a, this, this thing that everybody's going to heaven, why are we robots? Why do we not have a choice? I don't like that. I don't want to have to do something. That's not love. If I force you to love me, then you probably really don't love me. But if I give you the opportunity and then show you that I'll give everything to love you, then you'll probably love me back. And if not, that's your choice, but I love you enough to give you an option. There's always two trees in a garden. There's always a yes and a no, because without that, there's no true love. But I'm saying this, that it's not our responsibility to tell people where they're going or what their answer is. That's not it. He makes it really simple. Think about this. I love the Lord because he's really funny. But in Deuteronomy, he, he lists out all the blessings. And then he lists out all the curses and says, so choose blessing. Because it's better if you ain't notice. <laughs> like, 
this is the good one. <laughs> it's like when you read about hell, it's so funny because it, it's so bad. You know, I mean, it's like that, that place sounds like it sucks, you know. And then he talks about heaven and like we eat all the time. I mean, there's water everywhere. It's awesome. Everybody just, you don't ever have to sleep. You don't have, you don't, you're not even hungry and we just have food all the time. It's mealtime all the time. You're going to be surrounded by love. You're going to be so caught up in ecstasy that you're not even going to think of, but there's not going to be any more tears or any more anything else, but you can pick which one you want. But we've been preaching to people, hell is so bad, so don't go there. But we never realize what we're walking into on the other side of it. It's not fair to tell people only one side and then say, but there is another side. If you give your life to the Lord and you serve him every day. I was at this thing one time. I was at this thing one time and it was so powerful. It was like this skit thing at this church. And it was so powerful, man. I was like, oh, that was so awesome. And at the end, they give this altar call and they're like, after you've watched, it was, I mean, it really was, it was a really good one. It was powerful. And they were like, after, after you've watched this, if you want to give your life to the Lord, just come to the front. Just come to the front. We're going to lead you in a prayer. We're going to walk you into this. And I'm just like, man, I almost went down. I was like, this is so good. And like all these, pe- all these people go up and then he leads them in this prayer and he's like, okay. Now you need to read your Bible every single day. You need to pray at least once an hour. And he starts like labeling all this stuff that they have to do with what they just supposedly received for free. You got to do all this stuff. I was like, man, that's not cool. Like you said it was. That is not how that skit portrayed everything. You signed me up for all this and then we got this. Like (laughs) you can tell me I was going to work, man. (laughs) Me and Chaney have a really good friend in uh, Canada. You guys will meet him. He's awesome. I mean, he, he really is. And his family is loaded. I mean, they've got, they, these people have got more money than anybody I know. And it's crazy. Like, they talk about it, too. They're like, it's just not a big deal anymore because they have so much. <laughs> like, <laughs> they had us over for Christmas one time. They don't even get presents because they're like, we have everything we want. <laughs> Christmas doesn't really have a point anymore. You know, me and Chaney were like, well, uh... <laughs> If y'all forgot, we was invited too. (laughs) But anyways, they invite us to Canada. They pay for our whole trip. You know, it was really cool. And the first time they take us out there, we did everything. Like everything you can do in Toronto, Canada. We went to the CN Tower and had dinner. There's like uh, the real sports bar. It has the second largest TV in the world next to the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. It's huge. 